Every day is a moment of clarity for the melanated folk, either waiting for your reasoning to reject our humanity or witnessing yet another death by your hands. These are the beginning words of a poem that was written by today's guest. The poem is entitled, Creases Expelled from the Fold by Khadija Z. Ali Coleman. Hello, everyone. I'm Pamela Brewer, welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk, and very pleased to introduce today's guest, Khadija Z. Ali Coleman. Hello, Khadija. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Pamela? Great to be here. I am doing fine, but I have to tell you, I'm really quite impressed. Uh, You are described as a multimedia strategist, a professional creative who has built an expansive interdisciplinary career as a professional in higher education, media, student development, and the arts. So let me take a breath for a second and (laughs) help us understand what you do with only a 24-hour day. (laughs) Well, I, of course, I have to be very adept at using my calendar, right? (laughs) Um, Indeed. And, and I actually say that a lot with clients and students that um, to be able to do as much as you want to do, you really have to, um, what, what does um, Maxine Waters say? Reclaim your time, be organized with your time. And so um, I discovered very early on as a, a young college student, and especially when I entered college, that there were so many things that I, that were in my purview. I didn't even know before I got into college and, um, realized that I just want to do a lot of things and I, I want to make impact in a way that makes the world better than I found it or that um, we imagine is possible. And so currently I have a few brands um, that I operate through, but they are holistically joined by this common thread of um, possibility um, creativity, and just um, being able to actualize what you imagine. And so um, when you say interdisciplinary, that was my major in college at UMBC. And I've and begun me, to realize me, Khadija, that that's a, theme, let, a theme of my life. Khadija, let me just interrupt you for a second. UMBC is, is what and where? Oh, UMBC is the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, located in um, in, in Maryland. So okay. it's one of the, the University of Maryland campuses. Okay. And so I graduated um, from there as an undergraduate student, and that was my major. And I had the ability to actually create my major. I had to be approved. I had to create a program and have it approved. And that was my first introduction to the word interdisciplinary. And my program was African-American studies and mass media. And from there, um, that really has been a word that has illustrated the type of life that I'm trying to lead, interdisciplinary. You know, you've said a couple of things that I think are so important to underscore. The first thing that you said that really struck me was the need to plan when there are a lot of things that you want to do. Because so many people live their lives being sort of cluttered, if you will, with the things that they tell themselves they have to do. So there's just such Mm -hmm. a different sort of internal balance when you're aware of the fact that you're doing the things that you want to do for whatever reason. 
the the other thing I that agree. you said that I thought was really important, uh, particularly for students entering into uh, a higher education uh, environment, is that you created your course of study. You had to get it approved, yeah. but you created it. So there is a way to sort of step outside of the box while being inside of the box, if you will, to make happen what is important to you. Exactly. And I, um, I speak to um, middle schoolers and high schoolers because when you think of college, you know, a lot of people in that age bracket, young people in that age bracket, when you know, I've been in school so long, I don't even want to go to more school because they look at college as being another prescriptive um, program of study. But I would encourage students, high school students looking for schools, if they are really um, aware of what it is that they want to study, looking at schools that offer a program, such as an, it may be called interdisciplinary studies, it may be called something else, but a, some type of department um, that allows you to to curate your education. That's what that's what I look at it as being a curation of what it is that you want to study. Um, I initially, before I even knew that that was something that existed, I I knew I was interested in film. I knew that whatever I um, studied had to uh, be from an African American perspective. Um, because public school is so often Eurocentric in terms of approach. And I know that when I got to college that I wanted to be able to approach education from a perspective, because as an African-American woman, I want it from a perspective of uh, my experience. And so when I got to UMBC and saw interdisciplinary studies was an option, it just, I mean, it was very mind-opening, and it allowed me to really go about, as I said earlier, journey, um, approaching things in an inter interdisciplinary study even after graduating. Kadisha, let's back up to where you were born and what your early experiences were like growing up. Okay. Well, um, I was born in Washington, D.C., in a hospital that is no longer around, but it's so funny when I meet fellow Washingtonians, um, who were, people who were born in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Many of them were born in the Columbia Hospital for Women. Um, I lived in Washington, D.C. until maybe the age of five before my mother moved us um, to Montgomery County. And so my childhood growing up um, was split between living in both Montgomery County, Maryland, and Prince George's County, Maryland. And for many of your listeners, um, Prince George's County, Maryland, is one of the most affluent, um, the, the, one of the counties in the country where proportionally there's more affluent black people living in this county. So Montgomery County, my experience living there, um, it was more diverse in terms of ethnicities, nationalities, um, people of different backgrounds. Prince George's County, um, Maryland, was an experience where um, I encountered more um, black people of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And so my experience growing up um, was very eye-opening in terms of um, just the experience of different people that live here in America. My mother and father, when I was born, my parents were a part of the Nation of Islam. And so that's where I got my um, very... <laughs> um, Muslim name, um, Khadija Ali Komen, and um, they, I was raised with a very um, 
conscious approach to learning. My mother was a mathematician and an educator, and um, I was reading books from Chancellor Williams and Franz Fennel when she would do my hair at eight years old and reading books that I didn't have no idea what they were talking about, but it really built my vocabulary. And ultimately, as I got older, um, being able to have a sense of um, personhood that I think when some students get to college, that's when they start to have self-actualization. But when I got to college, I, I had that, but I wanted to go further and go deeper. And so um, many of the things, that the brands and the work that I do in the community is really um, to help. I, I really feel that I'm on a mission to help people find what it is that resonates with who they are um, soul level wise. And um, I, I really attribute a lot of that to my mother um, and who she was, um, for better or for worse, because we had some challenges. <laughs> but um, she really started me young with going deeper in ter- terms of who I was as a person and who we are as a people, um, as black people in America. you say that you learned about being a girl growing up? It sounds like you had lots of opportunities to grow and explore. What did it mean to be a girl in your home as a little one? It's, it's so interesting that you, um, that you asked me that question because only now um, do I really, have I really just sat in it and, and sat with that? Um, because a lot of it is unspoken. But what I realized, and even as I share with you about my mother, she's a mathematician, and I start with that. Um, And when my mother um, passed away in 2014, but when we talk about her, how smart she was, um, how much she knew things, I think that was a message that I grew up with. And so um, it was always, it always revolved around um, intelligence, what you know, and more so than looks like even <laughs> only now am, um, do I feel that I'm really getting into fashion and things like that. But as a girl, I really um, was attached to what is it that allows me to um, express myself and to be myself. And I learned early that that was the arts for me. That was writing. That was community organizing. That was Gather And community organizing as a child looks like gathering your friends to create something, whether it's a play, whether it's, um, uh, uh, I don't know, whether it's a, um, a song, creating music, but gathering people. And it could be around um, some type of social justice issue, or, but it, it's using the arts to express a message. And so that's what growing up for me um, revolved around. Um, and it was just, it just was. I, I'm the oldest of five 
children, um, mostly girls, one boy. And that was the predominant message that I got growing up. What do you think you learned about men growing up, particularly black men? Well, I had the privilege of growing up. um, Unfortunately, my siblings didn't have this experience, but I grew up with my grandfather. um, And he was, to me, the epitome of all that is good um, with black men. Um, he was nurturing, he was um, inspirational, he was, um, he was my biggest cheerleader. When I was, <laughs> when I was in college, he would um, drive, this man was in his 80s, he would drive from Alexandria, Virginia to Baltimore, Maryland. And for those who aren't familiar with our area, that's at least a 60-mile drive um, up a highway at 80, 86, to give me money when I, after talking to me on the phone, and he could always tell when I was lying. If he asked me, are you okay? You have money? And I was like, yes, yes. And here I get a call from the front desk. Um, your grandfather's here. What? Um, he just, he was that type of person. He was always looking out for me. So I had that experience. And so that kind of really shaped how I looked um, at relationships that I had with men interacting with men, um, I knew, I I experienced the positive side, so I knew that that was possible. So bad experiences with men never colored that this is it because I had a positive experience um, with my grandfather. You know, it, it is so true that the early experiences that we have have a powerful impact on what we believe about ourselves and others and certainly what we come to expect in terms of relationships, what did you yes. learn about the world outside of your home as you were a little one growing up? Did, did, did you have the sense that you were socially aware, politically savvy as a child could be, or was that shielded from you? Um, I, I had a very interesting um, experience, I would say, um, because as I am a black woman, I am light-skinned, and um, I had experiences, and I think it's important to say, so when I grew up in Montgomery County, Maryland, um, very diverse, where you have many immigrants from different countries of the world, Um, and during the time that I lived in Montgomery County in the 80s, um, we had a, 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 a strong influx of um, people coming from Ecuador, Nicaragua, El Salvador. Um, these are my classmates, different countries in Africa, Ghana, Nigeria. And so um, I experienced, interestingly enough, a lot of positive experiences, but many discriminatory experiences from people who thought that I was from another country, um, Spanish-speaking country. And... Um, experienced a lot of vitriol from people um, of African, from American people of different races, (laughs) Um, telling me to go back to my country, um, telling me I got accused of stealing when I was in sixth grade um, because I looked like somebody else that they thought I was, and my mother had to advocate on my behalf, Um, having having experiences like that. And so when... I, as an adult, 
and being an advocate, I feel, for all people, um, but particularly those who are disenfranchised and oppressed, um, I feel like I just, I, it's not just from an Afrocentric perspective, but also from people in, of color, because a lot of times um, I am perceived as being someone who is not um, from the African diaspora only, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does. What did your family say to you about those experiences? Clearly, they were unable to shield you from the world around you. Well, ironically, my mother, um, so both of my parents are are Black, or my mother, however, um, was very ethnically ambiguous in how she looked. And so she, to the point where um, different people of different ethnicity who were Spanish-speaking would just speak, begin to speak Spanish-speaking with her. Um, and we've traveled. We would travel and we would go to countries, um, I think of Mexico in particular, where people just thought she was from there. Um, and so she shared a lot of her experiences from growing up and just in terms of being accepted, being rejected, I think what was most hurtful for her was being rejected from other Black people or by other Black people um, because of the way that she looked. Um, and so that really helped shape the messages that um, she, and, and just sharing her experiences, keeping us mindful of how it's necessary to just really be aware of how people perceive us and make assumptions of our experiences based on how we look. Um, and it's by, by people of all, black people, white people, always had some kind of misconception because of the way that we look. So that would make it a complicated growing up, I, I, I would think, on, on several levels, um, perhaps even with a sense of wanting to fit and maybe not knowing where you fit. The Ali Coleman is the creator of many entities, if you will. Liberated Muse is certainly an important one of her many creations. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, Khadija, I'm going to ask you to tell us uh, a bit about the why and the when and the where of Liberated Muse. talking about the genesis of liberated muse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I spoke earlier how I've always been really a creative in terms of I, I've always loved to write. I've always um, sung and things like that from a small child. But um, it wasn't really until um, my 20s when I was professionally performing um, and making music but in 2003, I became a mom and um, put a lot of those things on hold because 
um, even now, I'm like motherhood is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. But four years into being a mom, I realized that they, I didn't have to live in a in silo. My life didn't have to be so segmented where I had to only parent. I could also be a creative. And so in 2008, I was um, I was working at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, and I had um, created. I was um, the assistant director of residence life there, and I was in charge of academic programming. And I had a large number of students who um, were in their first year not doing well academically. And so I decided to be very ambitious, and with over 200 students, I had one-on-ones with them to kind of really assess. This was my um, (laughs) grassroots research project to find out what's going on, and I talked with these students, and many of them had started, begun their college experience majoring in things that their parents wanted them um, to do or having no idea what they wanted to do and really a disconnect between what they were um, taking courses in and where their interests lie. And for a majority of them, they were very art-centered, where they had some type of skill artistically um, that wasn't really an opportunity to, to engage in um, during their academic program. So I, I decided to um, create workshops and things around um, to, to assist them with academic success, but also I wrote a play um, that in order for them to be able to participate in, they had to um, participate in these workshops that would help them academically. And so um, this play called Shades of Black um, debuted in um, early 2008, um, began casting in the fall of 2000. Um, and had over 30 students participate in this play. And this was my first play that I had ever produced. Um, and I had written it in less than a week. Wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And when, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, what the heck? What happened? Like, what what was going on energetically where this just happened and, and the response of the students, it was just amazing. And so we, we presented the um the play in February, but before we presented it, I was also online and I was part of different online communities. And um, this is when around the time where I first got on Facebook, but there were also um, communities that were starting up um, using this platform called Ming. And this one community, um, sojournals.com, I was a part of, inspired me to create my own online community. And that was how Liberated Muse was created. Liberated Muse, the name itself, um, was something that I came up with in 2002. I was going to start a band called Liberated Muse, and I got pregnant um, exactly two months later. (laughs) So Liberated Muse, the band, (laughs) did not happen, but that name stuck with me. And so um, I created the community in 2008 to really begin – taking myself seriously as a creator, this play that I had created for the students really started getting my juices flowing as a playwright. And I wanted to meet other people, other like-minded people. So the digital community began to flourish. And at first it was people I knew. It was some of my students from Morgan who joined. It was um, friends, people that I knew. But then all of a sudden (laughs) this influx of people from around the world who I I had never met personally. And that's when I realized I have something here. And so um, 
that first year, I, in conversation with a, um, a college classmate from UMBC and I talking, and he and I both were freelance writers for a publication in Washington, D.C. called East of the River Magazine. We were arts writers. We decided to partner, and we created the Capital Hip Hop Soul Fest which we um, debuted that summer of 2008, and we did it for three summers. And so initially Liberated Muse was this digital community, and, and offline we would create these opportunities for artists. And in 2010, I decided, because I was getting away from my own art and really providing these spaces for other artists, 2010 I made a decision that I wanted to produce more of my plays um, through this brand, and that's what began. And um, since since then, um, produced at least five um, of my productions, um, and we have created, um, produced soundtracks. We've done benefit shows, um, and we've just done a host of things, including three anthologies, where the play, the poem that you um, did an excerpt from at the start of the show is from our third anthology, Creases Expel from the Fold. And tell us, you, you keep referring to we. Who's we? <laughs> so that's, thank you for asking, because the we changed. Um, so the person that um, I worked with initially to do the festivals um, morphed into what changed from, from him to um, working with different artists that were in my play and then finding a perfect set of artists that I began, created a core troupe from. So liberatedmuse.com, the digital community, and the production company morphed into Liberated Muse Arts Group, where we are now, which is a performance troupe. And it, um, it includes um, Koli Aziza, formerly known as Koli Williams. She's a um, prolific songwriter and jazz vocalist in the Washington, D.C. area, even though she's a native of, of New York. Um, she is a, a phenomenal actress and singer. Um, Lynn Artepe, who is um, a premier poet and actress. Um, Anonymous Grooves is also known, well, she is Angela Ballard, also known as Anonymous Grooves. She's an artist based in Baltimore right now, but um, she was one of the early members of the digital community of liberatedmuse.com. She was in our um, festivals early on. And um, and myself and so and my daughter is um, <laughs> we call her our um, honorary liberated muse member but she is uh, really our intern she does a, a lot of um, the recording the videography and most recently she was technical director for one of our productions that was in the Artscape Festival in Baltimore Maryland this past summer as well as um, assistant director of our producer production, the Page to Stage Festival at the Kennedy Center. That's terrific. Khadijah, there's so much that you're doing. Uh, I'm going to ask you to give us the uh, website again where people can learn more about you and be in touch as we close out our conversation today. That website address is? Well, I, I would encourage people, the website that I want people to visit most of all is liberatednews.com. This is our 10th year wow. in existence. I'm so excited. Yes, 10 years. And it just snuck up on me. And so in August, um, I am planning to have a festival in Washington, D.C. Um, to commemorate 10 years of Liberated News, but also the work 
of small businesses and groups in the um, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area that are doing um, prolific work um, helping the, com- the communities be better than they found them. And so if you stay tuned with us on liberatednews.com, you can learn about the different um, programming that's going to be part of that festival that people can um, be a part of. Terrific. Khadija Z. Ali Coleman, thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. And folks, thank you for joining us today on Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you might choose to do with the professional of your choosing. Mind Talk is available to you daily by going to mindtalk.org. That's M Y N D. T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. You can also download the MindTalk app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. MindTalk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications. I would love to know where in the world you are as you're listening to Mind Talk. So do send an email to me with your questions, your comments, anything you like. Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A at M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And remember always, if it's unacceptable, then it's unacceptable. You take care. Thank you.